Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that we have for our sermon this morning is from Luke chapter 16. Share with you verses 1 through 9. Please rise as we hear these words in Jesus' name. Jesus also said to his disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager who was accused of wasting his possessions. The rich man called him in and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you can no longer be manager. The manager said to himself, What will I do, since my master is taking away the management position from me? I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what I will do, so that when I am removed from my position as manager, people will receive me into their houses. He called each one of his master's debtors to him. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, 600 gallons of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 300. And then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, 600 bushels of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 480. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the children of light are. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with unrighteous mammon, so that when it runs out, they will welcome you into the eternal dwellings. And we pray. O Lord, help us to see, or help us to use what you have given us, and to use it shrewdly, wisely, in ways that build up your kingdom. Help us, O oh Lord, to have eternal priorities. Amen. Please be seated. There was a man who was writing a biography of the Duke of Wellington. And he was asked, with all of his research, what was the most helpful thing that aided you in writing this biography? What was the most helpful thing that you found as you were doing your research? And that biographer, he responded by saying, I found an old account ledger that showed me how the Duke spent his money. It showed me what he thought was really important, more so than any of his letters or speeches. That single item allowed me to look into his heart and to see his character. Where does a person's money go? Similar thing could be said when you look at a person's planner or calendar or that part of your smartphone that tells you where all of your screen time is going. Where does your time go? Someone once said, you define what is important to you by what you dedicate your time to. So how do you spend your time? Is it spent on things of little importance? Video games, binge-watching Netflix, surfing your social media accounts, sleeping, being lazy. Maybe it's something that is important, something like your job, for instance. But still, aren't there things that are more important than that? Things that you should be dedicated to more than your job? Things like God, spouse, family. Ultimately, we're asking, where is your heart at? when it comes to these things. Where does your money go? Where does your time go? Where do your resources go? If someone was writing a biography of you and of your life 
and they were looking at all of these things, what would they say about you? What would your priorities appear to be? And are they in line with what you know they should be? What you want your priorities to be? We have a challenging text in front of us here, the parable of the shrewd manager. Here in this parable, Jesus is really examining us and asking us to examine ourselves to see, do we have our priorities straight? What is it that should be most important to us? What is it that should have that top place of importance in our hearts? And is it properly reflected in our actions? Are you shrewd? Are you wise with the resources that have been given to you? And at the end of our text, Jesus points out what our top priority should be. Making friends for yourselves with unrighteous mammon so that when it runs out, they will welcome you into the eternal dwellings. So in other words, Jesus here is encouraging you and he's asking you, do you have eternal priorities? The Old Testament hero of the faith, Job, he once said, naked I came into the world, naked I depart. The Lord has given, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's pointing out it all comes from God. I only have it for this short period of time here in this life. Similarly, in our Old Testament lesson a few moments ago, we heard King David acknowledging and pointing out how everything that he has, everything that you and I have here in this world, it all comes from God. He says, everything in heaven and on earth belongs to you, O Lord. The kingdom belongs to you. Riches and honor come from you. You are ruling over everything. Similarly, Moses Moses also pointed out that we face a temptation in our lives to think that we are self-made people and that we then have the right to do whatever we want to do with our own stuff, with the things that we think we have earned. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, Moses says, You might say in your heart, My ability and the power of my hand have earned this wealth for me. But then you are to remember that the Lord your God is the one who has given you the ability to produce wealth. I bring up these examples to point out a fact that Jesus points out here in this parable and in other parables. That you and I, we are managers. We are stewards of things that aren't really ours in the first place. It all goes back to, it all belongs to God. He hands these things over to you, and he asks you to take care of these things for him. And as he does this, he, he wants you to use these things wisely, honestly, respectfully. He wants you to be making investments that are good for him and honoring to him, glorifying him. But it's important for you and me to always remember that what we have is his, not ours. And this is really important for us to grasp as we're considering this parable before us. Because it's easy for us to let our hearts be enslaved to things of lesser importance. To these things that Jesus calls in our text, unrighteous mammon. The money, the possessions, the earthly stuff. 
to start serving these things rather than serving God. That's what we're tempted to do. And Satan is working hard to get you to do this. Satan is tricky when it comes to these things. He's trying to trick you into making these things of this world your priorities instead of those eternal things that should be our priority. Satan wants you to get to bow down and worship these earthly possessions. And he is successful with this, isn't he? He can get us so caught up with these earthly things of lesser importance that we end up forgetting about, that we end up ignoring, neglecting, maybe even getting to the point where we loathe and despise those things that we know are more important. Many of you are familiar with uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, right? He was the author of the Lord of the Rings series and The Hobbit. And we've seen maybe the movies, read the books, he, te- he pictures this mentality uh, of this idea that, that we can get so caught up and carried away with things of lesser importance, especially when it comes to that magic ring, the one ring, the ruling ring of power. That ring gives supernatural abilities to the wearer, but those who possess that ring, it consumes them. It eats them up. They become obsessed with it, totally consumed with it. And they, in fact, go to the great evil lengths in order to, to keep it, to have it for themselves, even to the point of murdering a friend just to have it. The weight of possessing that ring and letting it consume your heart It turns you into a monster. And we see that especially in those books with that character Gollum. You remember Gollum? He was once a a fun-loving, peaceful, friendly hobbit named Smeagol. But then he comes into contact with this ring. And he becomes obsessed with this ring. And it turns him into that hideous monster, Gollum. Really, this is a picture of what the devil is trying to do to you and me when it comes to, to unrighteous mammon. He wants to enslave your heart to it. He wants to turn you and me into a monster. He wants to use the stuff of this world to try and distort and change the priorities of our hearts. He's hard at work to get you to bow down to the stuff of this world instead of the one who has given you these things. Instead of the one where all this stuff comes from to whom it all actually belongs. And there's a word that we have for this. This is the sin of idolatry. Letting other things come before God in your heart. And this is really at the heart of the parable that Jesus is presenting before us today. Jesus is pointing out to his disciples that we should see the things of this world, the money, the stuff, as things that are meant to serve us things that we should use in service to God, not that we should be serving it. These are things that God gives us so that we can care for ourselves and so that we can care for the people that God has placed under our care, our families, our children. He's given us these things and he wants us to use these things for the benefit and out of love and concern for our neighbor. The manager in the parable, he was a bad guy. He was wasteful. And he deserved to be fired. 
Jesus is not praising this man's stewardship. But he points out that that man was shrewd. He was smart. The thing that the master praises in this parable is how that manager isn't serving the money or the wealth that he had. Instead, he sees those things as a tool, as an instrument that serves him. And so he takes what he has available to him and he makes friends with it. You owe 600 olive oils? Quick, write down 300. You owe 600 wheats? Write down 480. This bad manager, this dishonest, wasteful manager, he has priorities. And of course, they're not the same priorities that you and I are to have, but he has priorities. His priorities were, I don't want to dig and I don't want to beg. And so he uses what he still has, at least for a short time, temporarily, to serve those priorities of his. And this is what God would have us do. You and I, we have been given management of God's things. And when it comes to these things, Jesus wants you to have this same kind of shrewdness. Be smart with what God has given you. Don't serve these things that you have. Don't bow down to mammon, the earthly stuff, but use it to serve your real priorities. And Jesus tells us, of course, what our greatest priorities should be, eternal priorities. Use the stuff that God has given to you so that you have friendships that are eternal. God wants you to take the things that he has given to you and to build up a crowd of people who will be waiting for you, meeting you, welcoming you as you walk through the gates of heaven. So the point of this parable really is this. Don't let the stuff of this world enslave you so that you end up serving it. Let it serve you in what is most important. Be shrewd with the gifts that God has placed in your management and use these things to build up the kingdom of God. Christians are already doing this. You are already doing this. But the Holy Spirit, he places this important lesson before us here in our text, and he wants us to chew on it. And it's a good thing for us to honestly ask ourselves regularly, repeatedly, am I doing this? Am I being wise with what has been given to me? What more can I do so that my friends and my neighbors are eternal friends and neighbors? How would God have me use what he has entrusted to me to his honor and glory, to build up his kingdom. And all of us who are Christians, we will, of course, freely admit how much we've struggled with this. We can look into our hearts and we can see the inconsistencies that we've had between what we have prioritized and what we should be prioritizing. We will see that there are times when the things of this world have come before God. We have allowed ourselves to bow down before mammon, and we have served mammon instead of God. And when we see this is true, we should sing out the Kyrie. Lord, have mercy upon us. We should join St. Paul at the end of Romans chapter 7, when he says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? 
But then we should also recall and bring to mind the words that Paul immediately says after that. He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When you and I, when we recognize how much we've struggled with our priorities, we can take heart in knowing the eternal priorities of our Lord Jesus. He used everything that had been entrusted to him for the building up of God's kingdom. He spent everything that had been offered and given to him here in this earthly life for the making of eternal friends. And we see this, of course, throughout Jesus' life. In order to help us who have sinfully served mammon, Jesus lived a perfect, righteous life. He kept his priorities straight. He was completely consistent in his priorities throughout his life. Never once did Jesus fall into any form of idolatry. He earned righteousness. He earned a perfect righteousness because of his perfect life that he now wraps you up in so that you can now stand before God, not as an idolater, not as a worshiper of mammon, but as an eternal friend, a beloved child of God. Having you as an eternal friend was such a priority to Jesus that he willingly endured the suffering, the pain, the death of the cross, of having all sins of all time, of all people heaped upon his shoulders. Our Lord Jesus endured the full wrath of God, and he paid the price for everyone's sin of idolatry. He has paid for it in full as he suffered and died upon the cross. And you and I, you and I, we now have a guarantee that payment has been made in full. You have a receipt, you have proof of that payment as you look and you see the open and empty tomb of Jesus on Easter. The resurrection of our Savior from the dead. Knowing that Jesus is risen from the dead, you can now let your heart be filled with peace. He lives. He had eternal priorities for you to make you an eternal friend of his. And just as Jesus lives, risen from the dead, the day is coming when you and I are going to burst out of our graves, our tombs, and we are going to walk into heaven, being welcomed as friends. You are a priority to God. He was intent on making you his eternal friend. I love how Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 when he says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Our Lord Jesus values you. He sees you as a priority, so much so that he entered into poverty for your sake. He became poor so that you would be eternally rich. He died so that you would live forever in heaven. He suffered and endured the suffering on the cross so that you would have the joy of eternal life. Jesus has sacrificed everything because you, being with him in heaven, was his greatest priority. What a precious treasure this is. What joy, what comfort, what peace this gives to us. 
This is a treasure that you already possess. And even now, it's being handed over to you. Every time we gather together and we open up God's word, this is the message that we get to hear. God loves us. We are a priority to him. He wants us to be with him in heaven. This is also what's shared with you at your baptism. When God himself washes you with those regenerational waters, washing your sins away. It's what's being shared with you as we get to gather around God's altar and he feeds you the very body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins in the Lord's Supper. Here, God is opening eternal life in heaven to you. And he's saying, you are my friend. You will be with me forever. Dear friends, knowing this, let everything else, let the earthly stuff, all of that earthly mammon, all that other stuff, wonderful blessings that God gives to us to use here in this life. But let these things come after that which is more important. Have, use, rejoice, and share those greater treasures. Make them your eternal priorities that God has given to you and me that we can have friends that are waiting and welcoming us into the dwellings of heaven. It's a beautiful hymn. We're not singing it today. But what is the world to me? With all of its vaunted pleasure, when thou and thou alone, Lord Jesus, art my treasure. What Christ has given to you and me is the greatest thing that we could ever have. Because of him, we are eternally rich. Heaven belongs to us. You and I, we get to stand with God in heaven as his eternal friends, as those who are righteous, perfect, forgiven, as those who are precious to him. Thanks be to God that he has made your eternity his priority. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.